I wish I could say something that was classy and inspirational, but it just wouldn't be our style. Yeah, I'd like to hear it. SportsDownChicago.com. Lombard, part of the Beyond Air Network and available on the TuneIn app. Hell yeah. Broadcast home for your Windy City Bulls and the Chicago Dogs. We're in a league of our own. Now, here's your SportsDownChicago.com scoreboard update. At 3.30, I'm AJ Freeze with your SportsTownChicago.com update, powered by the Illinois Media School. If interested in a career in media, go to BeOnAir.com. Matt Nagy and his Bears are coming off of a big win on Thanksgiving against the Lions and are practicing today as they prepare for a tough home matchup this Sunday versus the 9-2 Cardinals. Bears open up as 7.5 underdogs for this matchup at the plus. Cardinals have an MVP type of quarterback in Kyler Murray who's banged up and the Cardinals are hoping for them for him to be able to play this Sunday. As well as the Bears are banged up with Fields still looming with his rib injury and along with Allen Robinson and Hicks being deemed as questionable for this game. The Bulls took care of business as they took down the Hornets at home last night. The Ball brothers of Lonzo and LaMelo got to square off against each other for the first time in the NBA. Vucevic finally decided to show out his offensive abilities as he went 6-for-6 from three-point land and scored a total of 30 points. The Bulls are now traveling to New York as they play the Knicks tomorrow night at 6.30. The White Sox made a signing of Larray Garcia to bring him back on a three-year contract. As the CBA is about to get into a lockdown, Jesse Rogers reports that Rick Hahn says the White Sox might be done with moves pre-lockout, but their offseason isn't over. And also, that is, there is a chance for a scramble of things to happen in February, so be it. The Cubs have signed Clint Frazier to the Major League roster, as well as signed Jan Gomes. Cubs are headed in a new direction, and with that signing, it's possible that Wilson Contreras could have his day's numbers as a Chicago Cub. This has been your SportsTownChicago.com update, brought to you by the Illinois Media School. If interested in a career in media, go to BeOnAir.com. fun to hear NBC Sports and Stacey King talking about that Sriracha. Welcome back to the Go Ahead. I'm AJ Freeze, and uh, today I am by myself, so sorry if it's a little bit less free-flowing and more of a podcast style, but I'll do my absolute best, and uh, it should be fun. Uh, getting into it right now, we're going to go into the Chicago Bulls course. Uh, Bulls just played the Rockets recently in, in this stretch of games that we're going to go through since I have last spoken to you. The Bulls played the Rockets, and I called it as an easy walk-in game, and that was not the case at all. The Rockets took care of the Bulls, and the Bulls lost by five that game. The Rockets were on a 15-game losing streak, and they were the worst team in the NBA going into that game. They The Bulls were 10-point favorites, and... The Bulls just didn't have it that game. They didn't play hard enough. It looked like they maybe thought that it was a walk-in-the-park game and t- took it a little bit less seriously. The defense wasn't there. 
the defense for the Bulls is partially what is such a big reason that makes the Bulls play at a better pace and be able to keep up with any team is because of how good the Bulls defense is. And when you're letting up 118 points to the worst team in the NBA, I don't think there. it doesn't matter who who's out there or what you're doing. That team is going to lose, plain and simple. The big thing for the Bulls in that game against the Rocket was is that they had a poor start to the second half there. In the third quarter, the Bulls only scored 18 total points. Bad games happen. Move on. That's really what I have to say about that game specifically. It's not terrible. Losses happen. The Bulls obviously will remember it going forward that they lost to the worst team in the NBA. But they move forward, as does everybody else. The fans also will not let the Bulls forget it, and they'll harp on them. But it was good to have Vucevic back for his game there against the Rockets, except, of course, it resulted in a loss. DeRozan didn't play well that game, 6-for-19 with 17 points. Um, But with Vucevic coming back, he did have 14 points, 13 rebounds. Lonzo had five threes that game, and it still wasn't enough. Just got to play better defense. So uh, moving on from the Bulls-Rockets there, tough game. Just move on, like I said. Uh, The next game was still on this road trip against the Magic, and the Bulls absolutely demolished him, killed him by 30 points. An absolute three-point barrage from the boys. DeRozan went three for three from three-point land, which is not something that he does. First off, making all the threes he shoots in the game, if he shoots any. And on top of that, going three for three. And it was the rest of the team, too. The whole team in a total shot 17 for 34 in three-point shooting. So shot 50%. And on top of that, as a team... 32 assist. Now, I could get into all the details of the player stats from that game, but I want to point out that the defense stood tall, only allowed 88 total points. Now, the opposite, like I said, for the Rockets game, 118 points is going to result in a loss, pretty much no matter who you play, and vice versa. Now, whoever you play defense against and only allow 88 points, that team should win, plain and simple. And the Bulls played excellent team basketball, 32 assists, 50 point, 50% with 17 threes. Kobe White off the bench had 20 points, shooting 9 for 11. It was a really good game, a bounce-back game right after the disaster that happened in Houston. God, I, can, I still can't believe we lost that, lost that Rockets game. And on that, on that last show that I had, I actually said myself, oh, this is going to be a walk in the park game. We're going to win these next two games, or the Bulls are going to win these next two games. And no, no, I I, I just look stupid now. So you all can laugh at me now. Uh, So after the two-game road trip of the Bulls and Rockets, they split the Magic and Rockets, they split the games. They come back home and have a tough matchup versus the Miami Heat. Now, I just want to get into this. It was a great game. I watched it with my dad. We had a lot of fun. But who is Gabe Vincent? I never heard of the guy at all before I watched the the Bulls Heat game. And I I feel like I'm pretty knowledgeable in basketball and other aspects of the sport. And especially knowing that 
roster sizes aren't that big, so I know most of the players, but I had never heard of the dude Gabe Vincent, and he dropped four threes on us and dropped 20 points, and in that fourth quarter, he was lighting it up. That fourth quarter, specifically against the Heat, we lost this game 104 to 107. The Bulls could not stop their three-point shooting. It was just Kyle Lowry and Gabe Vincent just lighting it up in the fourth quarter. It was pretty hard to watch, actually, just because it just seemed the the coverage was so lackadaisical. We were the Bulls were giving lots of open shots up, and it it wasn't it was a really tough tough loss to swallow, especially being at home. And the Bulls had a lead late in that game. I think they were up by like seven with less than five minutes left, and it, it turned around really quickly from some three-point shooting, and the Bulls ended up working from behind the whole time. Um, they could not stop that three ball, plain and simple. That's really what I have to say about that, that Heat game. Um, but still in this game, uh, Caruso, 22 points, 6 for 8 from the field, shooting 3 for 4 from three-point land. And, of course, Caruso is going to have those kind of games where all the time he's he's always going to play his great defense, but when he steps up on offense, it's really, really helpful for everybody else. Vucevic has to be a bigger role in the offense to let everybody else shine for Levine and DeRozan to get their nice shots and kind of the defense to be scrambling of who to guard because there's so many options. And that's the very nice commodity that the Bulls actually have is that they have the capability to score from three different people. They have two bench guys in Lonzo and Caruso that can step it up on any given night from shooting to layups, anything. They're they're there to play every single day. DeRozan had 28 that game. Levine in this game, actually against the Heat, did not play well. Only had 16 points. He still has been playing very well for the Bulls continuously going forward. But at the same time, if you're going to win the game, Levine at least has to have 20 points probably in the bag to at least be competitive. I know DeRozan stepped up and Caruso took his role, but it's not enough when your best player is being shut down. It makes things a lot of difficult for, for the team. So, And then after this Bulls game, the Bulls played another home game against the Hornets and put on a show. Again, so loss, comeback, statement win, tough loss to the Miami Heat, and they come down and beat the Hornets then at home. The Ball brothers got to play each other. And I just want to say myself personally, it's been an incredible sequence to watch those two guys grow up. I remember watching UCLA, Lonzo Ball. I remember watching him on the Lakers. I remember watching his little brother in high school playing and double coveraging him on a, a full quarter, dropping like 80 points. It, it's It's been a really fun story. And I, I remember the first time I ever saw LeVar Ball and I, I thought he was crazy. And, um, yeah, that's kind of just proven wrong all in all. I thought Lonzo would never prove it out. I thought his brother wouldn't make it. I thought LeVar was crazy. And here I am looking stupid as a Lonzo Bulls fan. <laughs> it was awesome to see the family all there playing each other, playing against each other. It was really fun to see that game. And also was really fun to see was Vucevic absolutely dominate to my Vuce haters out there. This is why he is important. And this is why he's such a big role to the Bulls. In this game, 30 points, 
14 rebounds, five assists, shooting six for six from the three-point land. When he gets it going, the Bulls are really, really good. I was trying to explain it before that once you have all three of Levine, DeRozan, and Vucevic all connecting, it's it's unstoppable. The Bulls are, should win that game no matter who they play when they're when they're playing well. So Vucevic dominated, right? What did the other guys do in this win? DeRozan, 28 points, 12 for 20. Levine, 10 for 18, 25 points. You total all three of those guys, 83 of the 133 points go directly to those three men. Those three men are the rock of this system and make everything work perfectly. Without one of them struggling, they can focus a little bit on the other two. But if all three are connecting, you can't pick one. All of them are working together in sync, and it's 133 points. There's no way you can lose scoring 133 points in regulation. Lonzo also scored four threes that game against his brother, and uh, started off early with uh, two big threes. I think we heard that in the audio from uh, Stacy. Uh, again, the team played well, 35 assists. Uh, so now the Bulls are going on a road trip to New York where they play back-to-back both New York teams. I'm a little bit skeptical of it. They're going to be really tough games, both sides, especially on the road. Um, towards the Knicks, at least, I feel... A lot better that we do have Vucevic out there for rebounding and just depth purposes because the last time we played them, the Bulls were really small and they played well. The game I went to, Bulls-Knicks, the Bulls played very well defensively against Randall even though he dropped 30 points, but I think Vuce being there just as that big body man is just a, a big help and the depth of the Nets isn't going to be enough for them to keep up with the Bulls, and I think the Bulls are going to be able to single-handedly uh, take out the Nets again, and I, I think it'll be a, a really good games to watch, so you guys should watch them this weekend. Bulls-Knicks tomorrow, Bulls-Nets on Saturday, and yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, most of the time, when you watch the Bulls-Knicks, something like that, it, it's usually head-to-head crazy matchup, so that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, We'll be coming back here, though. Uh, We'll be breaking down the Bears and the Lions game for that Thanksgiving game and how everything went there, and we're also going to be breaking down some of the games and NFL lines coming up and uh, the Thursday night game. Can the Cowboys cover minus 4.5 for their first road Saints game win since 2009? Stay tuned. This is your home for sports. SportstownChicago.com Joe's Hot Dogs has been around since 1953, but I promise it's not old news. You don't have to like hot dogs to like Joe's on Plainfield Road in Joliet. Italian beef, hot dogs, shakes and sides. My family's had a relationship with Joe's Hot Dogs for three generations. Golden fries with a tad bit of salt and the perfect amount of crunch come in a bag as big as your hand. And that's just a small. For more on the menu, visit joeshotdogsjoliet.com. Bringing that classic Chicago flavor to the suburbs. That's Joe's Hot Dogs across from CVS on Plainfield Road in Joliet. 
At the football game, Jim shows the telltale signs of being wasted. He starts flexing for the camera. He refers to his muscles as gunboats. He screams, how's this for a halftime show? Jim streaks the field. It's easy to tell if you've had way too many to drive. But what if you've had just one too many to drive? Never underestimate just a few. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, the Ad Council, and this station. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and Windy City News Radio. The Illinois Center for Broadcasting is now the Illinois Media School. We've been an institution in the Chicagoland area now for 30 years. Because the broadcasting world is always changing, so are we. Not only are we teaching radio and television production, but now you can learn all aspects of the media industry, like web design. You can even specialize in TV or film, sports broadcasting, and even sales. No matter where you are in the Chicagoland area, we have a campus near you. The Illinois Media School. Be on TV, be on radio, beonair.com. That was money. Tell me that wasn't money. Yo, yo, yo. Check us out. We are the go-to guys. I'm your boy, Space. I'm your boy, MC. Check us out every Thursday from 4 to 5 p.m. We spitting all facts, all sports, all day. Yes, sir. Who else are you going to go to in the clutch? Lillard, long range three. And it's good! Keeping you up to date with all the latest sports news. We are the go-to guys. Where else are you going to get all your sports news from? You know. SportstownChicago.com. Welcome back to the Go Ahead. I'm AJ Freeze, and we're going to be getting into the Chicago Bears. The Bears, first off, they just had a game on Thursday on that Thanksgiving game against the Lions, and it was a typical Bears game in the best fashion, is the way I'd like to say it. 16 to 14, surprisingly a win. I, I guess maybe not surprisingly, but it was a, a, a large losing streak that the Bears had. I think they would. I believe the streak was five. I could be totally wrong on that. I don't have it here. But the Bears break the losing streak. It's over. They beat the Lions. I was wrong. Connor was right. You guys heard that from last week, so there's that. Uh, Andy Dalton played very well, actually. 317 yards, one touchdown to Jimmy Jimmy, Jimmy Graham. Uh, 18 passing first downs. Really something that I enjoy seeing from the Bears. Um one of my key things I've re- very much disliked is just as much as any other Bears fan has also disliked is some pretty terrible play calling. And when you're doing passing first downs like that, that usually means that the play calling is doing well. That didn't result in the points, though, since the Bears only had 16 and one touchdown. But it was enough that 300 yards from your quarterback and a, a pretty good defensive game was enough to win the game. Uh Mooney showed up again. He's really showing himself as a breakout type of player. Another 100-yard game as he had 123 yards out of the 317 from Andy. And Mooney is definitely explo- explo- exploding. 
taking advantage of the time that Allen Robinson is not playing. And it's been fun to watch. I, I really like what Mooney has done. I like his speed. I like his catching ability. I, I like what I see out of him going forward. Um, like I said, it was a nosebleed type of a game. 16-14, to 14, not a lot happening all around. Of course, the Bears only need 16 points to win a game. You know, the Bears just never score a ton of points when they win. Even in those couple, these last couple years where they have been above 500 a little bit, <laughs> not so much. But still, even these games, these years, seasons where we've been above 500, our scoring wins are, are pretty low totals. They just don't score a lot, and uh, that's just what the Bears do. Uh, so the Bears coming up now will be playing the Cardinals uh, this Sunday, and I, I'm not too sure how to feel about it. Um, we hit that nice big kick to ice the game against the Lions, so we're in a good mood. The Bears are feeling good. They're playing at home against the Cardinals, but the Cardinals are 9-2. and two. The question, of course, is does Kyler Murray play? Not so much for the Bears if Fields plays. I think everybody feels a little bit more comfortable that Dalton is at least a viable option, to, especially compared to what the other NFL backup quarterback situations are, you know? So it's it, it could be a lot worse. Uh, I, I'm, I still feel okay that the Bears quarterback situation is going to be okay for now. But if the Cardinals are not working with Kyler Murray, then that is um, a big thing for the Bears to have a chance at winning this game. I don't feel that the Bears have a chance really well I mean they have a chance yes of course they have a chance every game they play but I think it's a lot more likely that the Bears would lose against the Cardinals um I I think I think it's more like a 50-50 type of game without Kyler Murray but even then I'm still maybe I'm just a bitter Bears fan because I'm, I'm so upset that they're not good but I I don't think we can I don't think the Bears can win this game I, I, I just don't feel it for us. Um, so uh, let, let's, you know what? The defense stood tall against Goff. Goff had 170 yards, throwing 21 for 25. So even though Goff had a good game, the Bears limited them. The Bears limited their running. So if the Bears can continue forward with this type of progression of limiting the quarterback to short passing abilities and not enough to score touchdowns and limit their run game. Of course, that limits their entire offense. But if the Bears are able to do something like that, that's that should be enough to keep them into a matchup with any team. Um, the Saints and Cowboys play tomorrow. I'm just going to start getting into these other games going forward on this slate, and I'm going to go into some of the lines and stuff of what I like of, you know, betting-wise. Uh, so... Saints and Cowboys play tomorrow, and I'm actually on the side of Cowboys minus four and a half. I like, uh, I heard, I think I saw on Twitter that Amari Cooper's coming back from his uh, COVID restriction stuff, and the Saints just got absolutely demolished to the Bills. So you could think that maybe they could bounce back, but I'm going more onto the side that the Saints are just not good right now and they're struggling. The Saints are 0-4 without Jameis Winston. Kamara might not be playing either. Of course, the Cowboys have their own situation with of, with COVID of their players and coaches, but I think all in all, the Saints are a little bit too dysfunctional right now to compete with a team like the Cowboys. And especially the Cowboys, I think, are going to try and make a bounce-back game after losing to the Raiders. 
Um, they, so both of those teams played on that Thanksgiving, so it'll be nice for them to play just a whole other week on another Thursday later. Um, I The Cowboys minus 4.5 isn't technically my favorites. I have two favorite betting lines, which I'll I'll... I'll I'll say those first, and then I'll go into other lines. But So let's say my three favorites of this week are the Cowboys minus 4.5, and the Bengals are minus 3 to the Chargers. I personally like that a lot because the Bengals are playing exceptionally well. They're going to be at home, and the Chargers just came off of an ugly loss to the Broncos, and I don't think the Broncos are that good. I, I think the Chargers have just got to be playing better. Herbert's got to be playing better. Eckler's not even, I mean, Eckler's been okay, actually. Of course, that last week he just went off. But the Chargers right now are not looking like a dangerous team. And to me, the Bengals are looking like a dangerous team. And especially after destroying the Steelers, which was my favorite of last week. Um, I, I like the Bengals to win another game this week and to cover minus three, probably buy down to minus two and a half. So, you know, if they win by a field goal, you still win. It's always okay to do that. Uh, my other favorite one that I really like this week is the Dolphins are minus four to the Giants. And that sounds like a really ugly game, right? But hear me out. The Dolphins are on a four-game win streak. And I know the Giants just beat the Eagles, but the Eagles only scored seven points. You could say that's a combination of the Eagles being bad offensively and the Giants being good defensively, but... I just think that was just bad on bad football. And I think the Dolphins are playing at an exceptional rate right now, and Tua Tungaviola is looking very good. I have a really good feeling that the Dolphins are going to play very well against the Giants and probably cover that minus four, maybe even win by more. The Dolphins had Cam Newton get uh, benched last week, and it was pretty interesting to say. Um, I, I wasn't I mean, I think I was on the side that the Panthers were going to win that game. But I, I I disrespected the Dolphins a little bit until I guess I, I realized how, how good they really have been performing. They had a really tough schedule going forward at the beginning of the season, and now they got some like easier games, but they really are a step ahead of this kind of a talent. So I, I think the Dolphins, the Bengals, and the Cowboys are my my best bets for this week. So when we when when we come back next week, I'll discuss over that and see how my, my best three bets did. Hopefully, um, I win. I'm, it'll it'll be fun. It'll be fun. Uh, so, other games that we got going on here, though. The best game of the week is actually, at least, you know, this is me just talking personally. The best game of the week is the Pat Patriots versus Buffalo. And that's the Monday night game. And Buffalo's minus two and a half. This is a really, really difficult game for me. Just in the fact that. The Patriots are rolling. Mac Jones is looking fantastic. They keep rolling. They're right at the top of their game, and I, I don't. They, I'm pretty sure they're on a giant win streak right now too. But I know the Titans were super, super injured. But the Titans had no chance in that game. Mac Jones and the Patriots were just too good, too much. So I, I, it's hard for me to choose them, especially because the Bills are the Bills. They are still good. They still have Josh Allen. If the Patriots win this game, I believe the Patriots are going to be straight up now in line of, like, could they be Super Bowl contenders? Could they actually make it that far? Their their talent right now is playing at that level. If they keep playing like this 
you're going to have to watch out for him. I know Mac Jones is a rookie quarterback, but he's not playing like one. Um, the 49ers and the Seahawks are playing also as another really good game. I, I think the Seahawks are just muffled right now. I don't even how to word it exactly, but it seems really hard that the 49ers are going to lose this game. I think the 49ers have been given their respect. They're playing really well. They just beat Minnesota. And the Seahawks couldn't even beat Washington last week. And Washington's not that good. So another one I like here, not one of my favorites. I only have those three favorites. But another one I like here is the 49ers. They're playing really good football. Um, the Raiders and the Redskins. It's an interesting one. The Raiders are coming off of a bye and Washington just beat Seattle. So it's minus two and a half towards the Raiders at the moment. But, you know, of course, minus two and a half is pretty close to Moneyline being there. Uh, I don't really know who to choose for that game. I'm definitely going to stay away from it because I do think it's a 50-50 toss, toss up. Um, it, it's The Raiders have been in, in a tough spot this whole season with Ruggs and the coach and Derek Carr continuously has been playing very, very well. So I'm interested to see how that game will go and if the Raiders can actually beat the Redskins or if the Redskins are are playing really hot right now because they just beat Seattle. So that'll be interesting to see going forward. Um, In division for the Bears, the Vikings and the Lions are playing. So that should be a win for the Vikings and uh, we'll start seeing the Vikings pretty soon here. Um, we're going to get into our sports update here, but after this update, we'll be getting into all the massive contracts that got done before the MLB lockout. We'll talk about the wild, wild West that happened in the American league. Stay tuned. Thank you. Back to your home for sports, sportstownchicago.com scoreboard update. At 4 o'clock, I'm AJ Freeze with your SportstownChicago.com update, powered by Illinois Media School. If interested in a career in media, go to BeOnAir.com. Matt Nagy and the Bears are coming off of a big win on Thanksgiving against the Lions, and they are practicing today as they prepare for a tough home matchup this Sunday versus the 9-2 Lions. The Bears are 7.5-point underdogs for this matchup, and the Cardinals have an MVP-type quarterback in Kyler Murray who's banged up, and the Cardinals are very hopeful that he'll be able to play this Sunday. The Bears are banged up themselves as Fields is still looming with his rib injury along with Robinson and Hicks being deemed questionable for this game. The Bulls took care of business as they took down the Hornets last night at home. The Ball brothers of Lonzo and Lamelo got to square off for the first time in the NBA. Vucevic finally decided to show out offensively as he went 6-for-6 six six from three-point land and scored a total of 30 points. The Bulls now travel to New York to play the Knicks tomorrow at 6.30. The White Sox re-signed Larray Garcia to a three-year contract. As the CBA is about to cause a lockdown, Jesse Rogers reports that Rick Hahn says the White Sox might not be done with pre-lockout moves, but their offseason isn't over, and he also said that if there is a scramble of things to happen in February, so be it. The Cubs have signed Clint Frazier to a major league roster, and as well as Jan Gomes. The Jan Gomes signing means that it's possible that Wilson Contreras' days as as a Cub could be numbered. The Cubs are definitely headed in a new direction. This has been your SportstownChicago.com. Update brought to you by the Illinois Media School. If interested in a career in media, go to beonair.com.
Sports. Red SportstownChicago.com. Take that exit and get to the Southern Cafe, home of the Nasty Biscuit on Roselle Road in Roselle. Get over there and try the Chicken Fried Chicken Biscuit made with the Southern Cafe's house-made drop biscuit with buttermilk chicken fried chicken smothered in country gravy topped with shredded cheddar and crumbled hickory smoked bacon. I always say that when you go to the Southern Cafe, you come out with two meals with the heaping amounts of food they serve you in every meal. I love to go to a place with outdoor seating. The Southern Cafe has a great outdoor seating area to help social distance, and I get to enjoy my breakfast outdoors. Open 6.30 a.m. to 3 p.m. to give you plenty of time to grab an amazing breakfast or lunch. Now get your butt over to the Southern Cafe on Roselle Road. Hello? It's speed walking day. Dorothy? You're breaking up. Did I mention we'd be slowing down when we pass the court where those fine brothers play ball? I heard that. Reduce your risk of cancer, diabetes, heart disease, and stroke. Get active, eat right, and maybe even run into Mr. Right. Isn't sisterhood beautiful? For more information, go to everydaychoices.org. Brought to you by the American Cancer Society, the American Diabetes Association, the American Heart Association, the Ad Council, and this station. Alert! Alert! Be gone, maxed-out credit cards, overdue loans, suffocating interest rates, and relentless collection agencies. If your credit rating is making you and others around you cringe, there's only one thing to do, and that's to turn to the professionals at Creative Credit Solutions. Even if your credit is less than perfect, we'll help you get back on track. You can do it, and we can help. Call today or visit creativecreditsolutions.net for your free credit check report. Blow the whistle on SportstownChicago.com. Mondays and Fridays from 2 to 3 p.m. as we talk NFL. The game plan was really sound. In the quarterback league, it, it has been, it still is. Franchise-defining quarterbacks. College football. Will Jim Harbaugh make it through the season as Michigan's head coach? Some more Big Ten talk. And here's some things you wouldn't expect. I would have never expected that. Get all of that and more on Blow the Whistle on SportstownChicago.com. Welcome back to the Go Ahead. I'm AJ Freeze, and we're going to be getting into the MLB and all of the big free agent signings. As you all heard, or have heard, the CBA is about to get into, well, today is the last day. Today is the last day for all free agent signings because the MLB is about to get into a lockdown. Now, the question is, do we know if the MLB is going to be ready to play on time? We'll get into that in the next segment. But here, let's talk about all the massive signings because there was a ton of them, a lot of money being spent, which is a lot of fun to see. So first off, let's get into the Mets extravaganza of them signing multiple, multiple people. They started out with a smaller signing of Mark Hanna, and then they got Eduardo Escobar, and then they got Starling Marte, and then they got Max Scherzer. Holy cow. The Mets were going in for it. It, It's hard to imagine somebody spending that kind of money, but at the same time, the the Mets know that their shot is now. They have all the pieces here with DeGrom. So now you combine Scherzer and DeGrom together, which I think there's an absolute point to be made that it's possible that DeGrom and Scherzer as a one-two punch might be the number one and the number two starting pitchers in the MLB on the same team as a one and two. So watch out for the Mets in, in that regard that 
that should be back-to-back wins almost every single day. Of course, that's not going to be true. That's not going to happen. DeGrom and Scherzer won't win every single game. But on paper, it's going to look that way for every series. It's uh, interesting to see the Mets spend that kind of money. I think it was hard for them to watch their season get derailed so hard. They really had a chance. They were at the at the top of the division right after the trade deadline, and they splash Baez, and just like that, they blow it. Philadelphia was in it right to the line with them, and, and then Atlanta just walked away with it, and they ended up going on to win the World Series. So it was really tough for them to watch their season just slip away, even though they made the big-time Baez move. Now, I just want to say about the Baez move, they traded a big prospect for Baez. Okay, you move on from it. There's that. He's on the Cubs now. But they let Baez go. Okay, you still have Lindor signed for 10 years on that, well, nine years now on that massive contract. But they let go of Baez, and Baez signed for $140 million six-year deal for Detroit, which now the White Sox and their fans will be seeing plenty of Baez. And if any Cubs fans want to come by to Chicago to go see Baez, by all means, he'll be here for the next six years playing us. Um, But they replaced Baez with Eduardo Escobar, which they, they paid him pretty handsomely. They gave him two years, 37 million. So almost 20 million a year. But in Milwaukee this season, he proved that he's a big-time bat. He could be used anywhere in the lineup. He could also play multiple positions. And on top of that, switch hitter. I really like it for them that they spent the money on Eduardo than they would Baez, at least in that sense, that they still got a good player in that role spot and they didn't lose the prospect away from trading uh, to get Baez. So it wasn't like a loss for them. Speaking of Baez and Cubs fans, by the way, I just want to say this. Baez signed $140 million six years in Detroit. In spring training, the Cubs had offered Baez $180 million to play for the Cubs, and he denied it. So there's one of two things. Either one, Baez just walked away and said, I don't want to play for the Cubs, or he said, I'm going to bet on myself that I can get $200 million or something like that. And either way, he lost the bet, or is not playing for the Cubs. So interesting enough that the Cubs offered more money in spring training than he did sign for Detroit. Um, other AL Central news, um, there hasn't been much going on, just two extensions. Uh, Larray Garcia was extended for the White Sox, and Byron Buxton was extended for the Twins. Buxton is a very good player, gets hurt a lot, so that's where the value in that contract is going to have to be seen. Can he stay on the field? Can he perform at that rate? Before the question was, can he stay healthy and perform? Well, now you all have seen that he is basically all-star level talent. Now the question is, can he continue to stay on the field and play at that rate? I I do think he had, he definitely has enough to play at the rate. The question is, is can he stay healthy? Um, and you know, I can't answer that. I'm not a doctor and I'm, you can never answer health. Health is always the biggest concern no matter what. Um, let's get into the AL East. The AL East, the Yankees stay stagnant. Rizzo still hasn't been moved. No Matt Olson, no Corey Seager, no Ca- Carlos Correa. What are the Yankees going to do with Glaber? I, I really don't know. I, I think 
I don't really know what the Yankees are going to do. I, I thought they were going to be big money spenders, and I haven't really seen anything. They're pretty stagnant just in general, just not really doing much. Uh, I think they're trying to figure out something, with what, what they want to do with Gary Sanchez and the catcher. But even then, to not get Seager or Correa, Correa, of, of course, right now is still a free agent, but he could still go there. But, of course, the lockdown is now happening, so we're going to have to wait a long time to see what happens with Correa. My personal guess is that I think Correa could actually go to Seattle. And uh, I'll, I'll get into that in one second here. But continuing on the AL East, uh, the Rays made a move, and the Rays signed former Cy Young Corey Kluber to a one-year deal. It's a very nice, solid contract for them. It, it, it's a good piece for them to have. Of course, the Rays can always find good pitching, but at least a one-year is just giving Corey a shot to see if he still has it in him. He doesn't have to be a Cy Young talent, but enough that he's a viable option in the starting rotation for the Tampa Bay Rays. So I, I think it was a pretty good move for them, and of course the Rays just have such good coaching and pitching in general that I, I think that being around some other really good pitchers and coaching might even help Corey get back into his stride of, again, not Cy Young talent, but a very viable option and a solid starter. I mean, he threw a, a no-hitter basically last year for the— You know what? I think he did throw a no-hitter for the Yankees last year before he got hurt. So there has been sh- signs and uh, showings of Kluber showing dominance even at, before the injury. So interesting to see what Tampa will end up doing with him. Uh, Boston made two starting pitcher moves, and they ended up signing James Paxton and Michael Walker to one-year deals. So the rotation around Chris Sale and Tanner Houck is starting to look a little bit nicer. The starting pitching is looking good. They had to eat it with Erod leaving. Uh, I, I think that's what the Paxton role was basically filled for, to get another solid lefty, even though he's a veteran you still fill that hole for this season of what you want at that starting rotation. And again, another shot for a veteran to prove that he's still got in the tank, another injury type of guy of Paxton. So if Paxton can stay healthy and viable, it's another great signing. Michael Walker, not health concerns, but how, how well can he pitch? My, obviously enough that Boston liked him and wants to use him. I think he's about a four or five type of pitcher, you know, in the rotation, but enough that he's a viable option that Boston wants him. And who knows? They did it with Boston, did it with Nick Pavetta this year of turning him from a four or five to a little bit better and definitely a viable option. So I wouldn't be surprised if maybe they did something like that with Michael Walker. Michael Walker is a veteran who's been around for a long time. So he's played for a lot of different teams and uh, might be, might be a good signing for them. But one more starting pitching signing for the American League East is that Kevin Gosman signed with the Blue Jays. And I'll get into a little bit more in the next segment of, about what's really interesting about that. But now I, I mentioned to you how good the Blue Jays are looking going forward. Their pitching is insane between Ryu, Pearson, Manoa, uh I'm forgetting someone. Oh, well, Gosman. Uh, I'm still forgetting someone in there. Somebody really good. Oh, Barrios. Jose Barrios. So, I mean, yeah, that, that rotation just sounds nasty. Uh, I still think they could look at trading Alejandro Kirk, their catcher, for some more options. Be 
anywhere, you know, just improvements. So the Blue Jays, between their farm system, all the signings and extensions they've made, the Blue Jays are looking in a really good place. And again, like I talked about the Yankees not doing anything, while meanwhile the Rays, the Blue Jays, and Boston are making steady improvements. And what that's it's not good. If you're the Yankees, could be fourth place now, and I don't know what to tell them. I I think I don't know who is going to win that division just because it's so difficult. Of course, I'd want to say the Rays just because of Kevin Cash and them doing it again. But my my heart wants to say Toronto between Vlad and Bo again, another good year, and they're all their starting pitching. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch and. The American League, American League East is going to be an absolute banger this season. Um, so getting back into it, though, we will be coming coming back to you. With Larray Garcia coming back on a three-year deal, what do the White Sox options look like for second base? Stay tuned. This is your home for sports. This is the best fans in the world. No, no better team. SportstownChicago.com. Are you ready for this? Valley View Automotive has all of the hottest SUVs you've been looking for. Enjoy a test drive and the opportunity to drive one of these powerful vehicles off the lot for half the price. Yes, half the price. Now's the time to get yourself to Valley View by car, on foot, or even by air to take advantage of this outrageous sale. You better get here quickly because this promotion is only going on for 24 hours and the automobiles are leaving the lot faster than you can say four wheel drive. Valley View Automotive, a dealership you can depend on. Hey, I'm Andy Griggs, asking you to help prevent domestic violence. Domestic violence isn't a woman's issue. It hurts all of us. Women are injured and killed every day by their husbands and boyfriends. So it's time for men to take action right now to teach boys that violence against women is wrong, to help prevent abuse before it starts. Call the Family Violence Prevention Fund at 1-800-END-ABUSE to get a free take action kit containing tips on what to say to boys. That's 1-800-END-ABUSE teach early. Indeed is the number one job search user with over 250 million monthly users. Indeed's priority is to help everyone in the job searching process to find a job by uploading 10 new job opportunities every 10 seconds worldwide. With Indeed, you have free access to job searches, resume uploads, and company researches. There are over 10,000 employees at Indeed that pursue to help people find the job they are looking for. They connect with millions of people to new opportunities. Go to Indeed.com and sign up for free and create a resume and let Indeed do the rest to help you on your job search. Hey, I'm Jesus Mauricio. Be sure to tune in every Friday to listen to Zeus Off the Bat, a baseball talk show from 1 to 2 p.m. where I'll be discussing and updating you on all things about baseball, news, predictions, reactions, and more about the Cubs, Sox, and everything across the league. Happens every Friday at 1 p.m. right here on SportstownChicago.com. Don't forget to follow and share our Twitter and Instagram with your friends at Zeus Off the Bat. Zeus Off the Bat. Welcome back to the Go Ahead. I'm AJ Freeze, and we're going to be getting into the White Sox first right now. And like I said, the CBA is about to go down. It's going to be a little bit interesting to see what happens going forward with this. The White Sox said that they're going to be staying stagnant. They're not doing anything in themselves. Uh, Jesse Rogers reported that Rick Hahn said that the White Sox might be done with moves pre-lockout, but their offseason isn't over. So that means... When the lockout is over in February, 
Rick Hahn is expecting to make more moves. I don't really know what that means exactly, what kind of moves, especially since a lot of the good people were taken off the market. I thought the White Sox should have been all over Eduardo Escobar or Chris Taylor. And speaking of that, as I'm sitting here right now, I have a tweet that says, from Ken Rosenthal, so I mean this is as official as it gets, Chris Taylor has re-signed with the Dodgers. I don't know years or money, but there that goes. So, no Eduardo Escobar and no Chris Taylor. No Marcus Simeon. Does that mean is Trevor Story available? Possibly, but I don't think the White Sox are trying to spend that kind of a money to get a, a second baseman. Um, I, I, I know second baseman is definitely uh, open. They say that Larray Garcia signed with the White Sox as to continue his utility role at playing multiple positions every day that is needed. I find it hard a little bit to believe with the contract he was given 15 for three years. Seems like kind of a lot for a bench player, but he's not the worst second baseman we could have. He's played a lot of years. He hit some he had some nice, pretty big hits for the White Sox, a couple walk-offs. He had that uh, home run in the playoffs that made the stadium erupt against Houston. He's like a 260 hitter for his career, and he could hit around that for, for a whole season, but I, I, still, I still feel like in the order for the White Sox to be World Series contenders, that right field and that second base can be filled with some real talent. I know I have preached that right field is okay with Engel, Sheets, and Vaughn. But again, I'm also a White Sox fan, and I would love to see them put themselves in more of a winning mode and get some competitive players. So watching Marte, Escobar, Simeon, and and Taylor all sign, and it's just kind of hard to watch. I'm 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 okay with it as myself as a fan because I do believe no matter what Detroit doesn't have enough to take us from the division so we the White Sox will make the playoffs no matter what but I, it, it's going to be a little bit harder I want to win the World Series and the World Series means you have to be the best of the best and have no holes of course not every team that wins the World Series has no holes but the better teams are filled or they make a big trade. So we'll see what the White Sox end up doing. We're not done yet, like he said, but I don't know what that means. I, I We didn't move Kimbrell, and the Phillies signed Knable. Knable was a one-year, $10 million option. That, that sounds like a closer type of money to me. So I think that means it's very possible that Kimbrell could not be traded to Philly anymore. Obviously, the White Sox still want to trade him, but just not to Philly. And Philly had a nice opportunity of giving us Gene Segura. So I'm curious as to what Rick Hahn will end up doing. But we have months and months of time before then. Um, enough with the White Sox for now. We'll get into that. I didn't get to go through the Wild West because it was wild. But the Wild West... The American League West signed tons of players. So much money was taken off the table there. Seattle signed Cy Young, Robbie Ray, for five years, $115 million. I mean, that, that's their big-time player. They got they got their ace going forward now with all their young other pitching going forward. 
the Mariners are in a very good spot for years to come, not just this season. Even if the Mariners have a bad season this year, the team is together and developing more for the next three or four years even. So watch out for them going forward. Um, It's interesting. This is what I was talking about, about the Gosman signing. The Blue Jays let go of Robbie Ray, who just won the Cy Young. Robbie Ray signed for five years, $115 million, while Gosman signed with Toronto for five years, $105 million. So only $10 million cheaper to get a different pitcher who didn't win the Cy Young. It, it's pretty interesting to think about. I, I like to think of it that in the long run, the Blue Jays viewed Gosman as a more reliable option, and I, I, I tend to agree on that. Robbie Ray was pretty terrible last year in ERA and walks. And throughout his whole career, that's been the thing. It's like, oh, you know Robbie Ray is a strikeout machine, but he's also a walk machine. This year, he had the control on a lockdown level, and which is why he was able to win a Cy Young. But if he doesn't have that lockdown for all five years, Seattle might be paying an ace who's not an ace. He just won the Cy Young. So, I mean, he deserves the money that he just got paid for. But it was an interesting kind of a thing to think that Toronto would let go of their Cy Young and sign another starting pitcher for the basically the same amount of money. Um, Seattle still going forward. As I said, they're, they're dangerous going forward. I, I see them as a landing place for Chris Bryant or Carlos Correa. They're top money spenders. They have a lot of money to spend and open holes. So I, I actually like more of Correa going to Seattle than I do... The Yankees, I don't like the Yankees in in the first place, which is why maybe I might be somewhat biased towards them not getting it. But I really do think that when he said the Jeter things, that means that Correa is not really feeling New York. Maybe I'm wrong, but I I feel like that's a a turnoff towards the fans and the fan base and even him saying, like, I'm not a fan of the Yankees. Um, So there was that. And, of course, you know, the Angels made their splash of Syndergaard. They made some improvements. Um... But here come the Texas Rangers. Whoa. They signed Corey Seager 10 years, $325 million with no trade exception. That means Corey Seager for the next 10 years of his life will be playing in Texas. Texas had a top five attendance for last season, which I thought was surprising as bad as they were. But if... They're playing this good now. They they make their improvements. They sign Corey Seager, and then they sign Marcus Simeon. So now that middle infield is stacked for years to come. They sign John Gray. They still have another year of development of Dane Dunning. So they're on the right path. They have a rookie of the year candidate in Adolis Garcia, and they have more money to spend. I wouldn't be surprised if they're in the outfield market for Seiya Suzuki or Michael Conforto, maybe even Soler, some, something like that. They, uh... I even tossed out, is it possible that they could bring in Kyle Seager to play for the Texas Rangers and they could put Kyle and Corey Seager together on the same team? That would be pretty dynamic and pretty awesome and free-flowing for the chemistry and the balance of the team. I mean, Kyle Seager is a very, very good player and played very well this year. Of course, Corey's way better as you see the contract, but... Putting them together might be a really nice fit there in Texas, and that would be cool to watch, you know, kind of like the same thing like we hope that Lonzo and LaMelo end up playing together. I think it might be a nice fit that the brothers could have a chance at playing together. Um, 
So, I mean, that's pretty much it for the wild, wild west. Uh, and now I, I really want to ask you guys yourselves, uh, does the season start on time for the MLB? I'll ask that on the go-ahead. At the go-ahead one, does the MLB season start on time, yes or no? I I think no. I, I can't tell you the specifics of how long everything's going to take, what it's going to be like, but we're going to have to be patient here. So into my next step, I'll get into the other things here. But uh, first, do we think there's going to be a DH? Yes or no? Um, I, I think the universal DH is happening pretty much no matter what. I'm not even going to ask it on Twitter just because uh, it's not really kind of a question like that. But uh, the DH is coming, and that'll also leave guys like Soler, Schwarber, maybe even some guys that are, aren't playing that that much or not getting a contract might get a contract to go play DH in the National League. It'd be nice for a lot of teams to have that hole open. Uh, another thing is, do we think there's going to be expanded playoffs? I'm going to ask that one on the go-ahead. At the go-ahead one on Twitter, do we think the MLB is going to have expanded playoffs after the CBA agreements? My answer is no, actually. I think the one of the biggest things is only going to be DH, but... The biggest thing is is that Max Scherzer said it today. They want teams to be competitive. They're hating the rebuilding teams like the Pirates. So how can you make the Pirates compete? Well, if you expand the playoffs, that gives them more spots. So if you make a floor where teams have to spend a certain amount of money to make their team competitive and you give them more opportunities to make the playoffs, it's only more an incentive not to tank, and especially for your fan base too because – you never want your fan base to sit through uh, the rebuild, but if you're not sitting through the rebuild, you have a chance at the playoffs every single year, and that's what the players want. That's what they're hoping for. So they're hoping for the floor, and they're hoping for it just at least more competitiveness out of some rebuilding teams. I, I would like to ask you guys, I'll, I'll put the poll out there, but right now my personal suggestion is that with baseball going down for the next couple months here, I won't have a lot to talk about on these segments. The last two talk segments of every episode have always been baseball. And going forward, I don't know what I'm going to do now. So I have a question. What do you guys think about doing a college basketball segment? I love college basketball. I was watching Ohio State and Duke last night, and that was an awesome game. I would have actually taken Ohio State. I did bet on Ohio State, which was an underdog call. So that was fun to watch. Uh, also, Big Ten, uh, Syracuse and Indiana, uh, the Big Ten eight ACC Challenge has been loads of fun to watch. Purdue is really, really good. Illinois is really, really good. The big men in the Big Ten is nothing like you've ever seen before. Kofi and there's plenty of other guys. I mean, Alec, uh, Dickinson too. So I, I get, hold on, sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself, but I guess my point is, is that I'm pretty knowledgeable about college basketball and some other aspects of sports. We can make it whatever we wanted to make it with in this last segment here, but we need to find something together that we can enjoy for um, this time while baseball is gone. But uh, my suggestion and my personal outputting is college basketball is what I'd like it to be. So I'd like to let you guys uh, let me know what you guys think on my Twitter, if that's a good idea or not. Um, 
but yeah, uh, thank you for joining us on the go ahead. I'll be back next week. Uh, I'll let you know if I can ever find somebody else to come in here. Uh, it was fun doing it by myself tonight or today. Uh, thank you for listening and we'll be back next Wednesday. This is your home for sports. This is the best fans in the world. No, no better team. Sportstownchicago.com. Are you ready for this? Valley View Automotive has all of the hottest SUVs you've been looking for. Enjoy a test drive and the opportunity to drive one of these powerful vehicles off the lot for half the price. Yes, half the price. Now's the time to get yourself to Valley View by car, on foot, or even by air to take advantage of this outrageous sale. You better get here quickly because this promotion is only going on for 24 hours and the automobiles are leaving the lot faster than you can say four-wheel drive. Valley View Automotive, a dealership you can depend on. Hey, I'm Andy Griggs, asking you to help prevent domestic violence. Domestic violence isn't a woman's issue. It hurts all of us. Women are injured and killed every day by their husbands and boyfriends. So it's time for men to take action right now to teach boys that violence against women is wrong, to help prevent abuse before it starts. Call the Family Violence Prevention Fund at 1-800-END-ABUSE to get a free take action kit containing tips on what to say to boys. That's 1-800-END-ABUSE teach early. Indeed is the number one job search user with over 250 million monthly users. Indeed's priority is to help everyone in the job searching process to find a job by uploading 10 new job opportunities every 10 seconds worldwide. With Indeed, you have free access to job searches, resume uploads, and company researches. There are over 10,000 employees at Indeed that pursue to help people find the job they are looking for. They connect with millions of people to new opportunities. Go to Indeed.com and sign up for free and create a resume and let Indeed do the rest to help you on your job search. Hey, I'm Jesus Mauricio. Be sure to tune in every Friday to listen to Zeus Off the Bat, a baseball talk show from 1 to 2 p.m. where I'll be discussing and updating you on all things about baseball. News, predictions, reactions, and more about the Cubs, Sox, and everything across the league. Happens every Friday at 1 p.m. right here on SportstownChicago.com. Don't forget to follow and share our Twitter and Instagram with your friends at Zeus Off the Bat. Zeus Off the Bat.